It's the Friendly Flyer Show, episode 165 for the start of December 2020. The last time we did this, well, the last time that you know we did this was like the middle of October on the precipice of uh, now current gen, then next gen consoles. But mm. we'll get into that in a second. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm Ben from Survivor. It was a different world back then. We were on the last gen. Con- well, that was still current gen. We've made the switch to current gen is now what was then called next gen. The That's how long ago it gen. was. The then current gen, now last gen consoles are likely at EV games because if we traded them in, we have new ones, right. which are current ones. Um, we're not going to talk about consoles so much this time because uh, in between this episode and last episode, we had two amazing episodes recorded um, with uh, friends of the show and old hosts, Gaetano Prestia and Shane Wall. And I'm an idiot and didn't record a single second of like the two hours of conversation we had with them. Uh, mm. So I'm an idiot. Uh, I've apologized immensely to them and I am doing it again now. Uh, we hope to have them on shortly and we'll talk about uh, a, a condensed version of last gen and current gen now. Yeah, Xbox we'll One and series and ps4 and ps5 um ben man like <laughs> new consoles you i came out of lockdown you went yeah. into lockdown but then came out of lockdown because it wasn't a real lockdown because it was a three-day lockdown yeah <laughs> it was tough man let me tell you three days I had to stay at home i stayed at home for a fourth day too just in case but it was fine as it turns out nice there was a u.s presidential election the aforementioned consoles came out we're, we're, I don't care about any of that because it's just we have too much to kind of get through. That's to be right. Honest. Let's power through. Let's, uh, yeah, let's we're go. doing re- review a palooza, and I guess mm. I will start first. Um, I kind of have ordered these in a way that one of us can talk about them, and the other one might be able to chime in if they have played the game since. But I know that I reviewed Watch Dogs Legion, and I don't know if you've played it yet. Uh, I, I played like maybe four hours at E3 last year, and I played like 20 minutes since it came out. It is of the three Ubisoft open world games that have come out in as many months, probably the worst, I would say, okay. if I'm going to put it out there. Um, it's not bad. It's good. Um, the, the problem, I think, one, one of the problems is that there are literally three giant Ubisoft open world games, and it's like, do you want to commit to all three of them? Um, and if you don't, probably leave Legion until last. It's the best of the, the of the Watch Dogs games by far, but it's probably like the weakest of the three current Ubisoft open world games. Um, it kind of falls flat on the play as anyone mechanic, um, which if you don't know, you can literally go up to anyone in the world and like scan them and be like, oh, you're a construction worker or you're a journalist or you're a sex worker or you're a painter, paint, paintist, painter. That's painter. a word. You're a yeah. paintist. Um, and they all have kind of like skills and unique things that make them useful in some missions. But quite literally, if you get a spy and a construction worker, you are set for the entire game because there's nothing that can overcome you at that point. You have okay. all the skills and all the tools at your disposal to just like wreck shop. That um, was the worry, right? Like there's going to be this clear archetype of character. And if you don't even need to vary them, it doesn't really matter and they made permadeath like when they showed it to us last year they were like if you die helen's gone like this crazy grandmother everyone loved at the time if she dies that's it and then they they kind of said oh that's a bit too harsh for casual players so it's optional and it it just loses the whole point 
you can turn it back on if you want the permadeath. Um, but then, like, I don't know, like, it's just, it's so much hassle to find someone in the world that you actually like. So it's, you kind of want to keep them. So you don't want permadeath on. And then like constantly I would find like a good combination of like, there's some like secondary skills that you might may or may not get with like a spy as an example, but then all the good combinations that I would find, it's also like, and they have flatulence. So whenever you're in a stealth mission, they'll just fart all the time and everyone will know that they're there. It's like, okay, well then they're clearly not someone that I will ever want as part of my team. Mm. Um, the missions are good. They're, they're pretty repetitive. Um, the world is amazing. If you've ever been to London, it's like, it's that, you know, COVID time virtual tour thing that you kind of just like, oh, I know that place. I was there. I did that. So it's cool for that. Um, but it's, it's, it's very samey and, um, I kind of don't want to be in this world as much as I want to be in a different world. That's why I'm playing video games right now. Um, so this is a good segue because we're trying to like fly through these damn reviews. Um, I, I think probably the, the best of the Ubisoft open world games, and I think that you'll agree with me from what you've played, uh, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So take it away. Well, it's the only one of the three that I've really played a lot and I played a lot. So I pretty much played, we've got a massive list of launch titles basically, and I've, I barely scratched the surface of any other game because I want to get this one totally done. Uh, I'm about 60 hours in. And I'm feeling now like I'm nearing the end. Like there's there's light that I can see. Like oh, there it is. It's coming. What uh, level are you, if you know, if I could ask? Two seventy or something. Two eighty. Um, about two ten. Yeah. So I think I'm just shy of two eighty. But uh, yeah. There's think, an achievement. There's an achievement at two eighty. Then. Yeah, that's what it's making me think it's near the end. <laughs> that's actually the achievement making me think that's where you need to get to. And there's there's some story beats. It's, for one, you kind of finish all the regions of England. Uh, I won't get into where you go. and what, I mean, you can kind of follow what's happening because you start in Norway, you go to England, you go back to Norway, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a bit too long. Uh, I wish it was like half this length. So I think Ubisoft at one point said, we realized that Odyssey and Origins were too much at times, and I – Origins I loved is probably my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Odyssey I couldn't get into because it was a year later and I just I couldn't do it again. So yeah. uh, I, having another gap has helped here. Like I feel like it's it's different to the other Assassin's Creed being in that Viking era. It's it works really well. The combat works well. It's brutal. It it fits really well. The being an assassin kind of takes a back seat. Like you kind of do no assassinations, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this order thing in the side, go kill a couple of them now because we need that for the story. But the rest is totally optional. I like what they've done with mission structures. So they've taken away, these are clearly dud side missions and here's the main missions. It's, everything is kind of the same weight. You can tell when something is there just to get XP, but it, it doesn't explicitly say that it's a side mission. You don't have to do. You kind of just figure that out yourself. But then there's a the quirky little world events, which... Uh, you know, help a guy jump off a cliff for some reason. Like they're really quick. It's where that Assassin's Creed humor comes back in, so they don't lose that. So it's yeah, it's pretty one of it's my favorite launch game on Xbox Series X. Definitely, there's not much competition, but it's by far the best. It's in contention at the moment. I haven't played Cyberpunk, but it's in contention for Game of the Year for me. I would say. Well, we've decided uh, that that's not even counting in Survivor's Game of the Year. So hmm. just like I think I don't think we counted Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order last year. So that's still oh, so eligible. You Game Awards rules. Well, I think it's just easy because we we we're a Game Awards judge, Ben, as you well know. Um, I think it's like it's that thing of like, and also only 
one person on staff is playing it. I think I'm allowed to say that. It's not me. Um, so we don't know if it's good or not. And I don't want to give it like 10 days to decide if it's good. So yeah, anyway. that's fair. Uh, yeah, I think certainly one of the best Assassin's Creed games has had some technical issues. So when I reviewed it, I said it runs at a great smooth frame rate. What I didn't realize at the time, because there was new consoles, we hadn't really fully understood what we we're playing because I was playing on a TV with VRR. So which is variable refresh rate, in case you don't know what yes. the acronym means. So it basically, the, when this game, when it launched at least, was riddled with constant screen tearing and frame drops on Xbox One, not to just a small degree that you don't really notice it, to a degree that it really teared the screen right in the middle and was kind of distracting. Uh, and so you were sort of a... Also, a variable refresh rate, kind of your screen matches that so that you don't see it. And it looks fantastic. Like, it, it covers that up. In the same way that quality upscaling means you don't really notice when something is at 84K, that means you don't notice when it's not maintaining that pure 60. So playing it on my other TV, terrible, to the point where I almost couldn't play it. Now, they've since patched it, still bad. It's still not good enough because <laughs> uh, it still happens. So I don't have nearly as much screen tearing as I used to, though. Yeah, it's not as bad, but I'm, I'm used to on the other TV, none. So it, it comes across poor and no other games that I've, I've only really been playing that and COD on Series X at the moment. That doesn't do that. So it's pr probably a case of just it's a launch title. They didn't have time to fully optimize it. They'll probably fix it again in a later patch. They went for too high resolution in a dynamic resolution situation. So it could be better. Uh, but the game itself is great. I just wish it was like 25, 30 hours shorter. Yeah. Just because there's so many things going on, I don't have time for this. I would love, what would I, from Assassin's Creed now, I want a couple of things to happen. Get rid of the modern day thing because it's pointless now. Boo! I disagree, but okay. It's, it's garbage. Anyway. It's garbage. I forgot what her name was until like, Layla. she popped up. Layla yeah, Hassan. Like, Who the hell is I this? Love, I love the modern day stuff. I, I disagree wholly. It's barely in this one. Only the stupid fragment of like, oh, it's a glitch in the Animus. Garbage. Anyhow, agree to disagree on that one. Well, they. <laughs> Uh, they need another break, so at least a year. I would love two years off, and they should come back with a like a mafia style, still open world, but really focused story. So it's don't go explore, follow this story, and quality story that's like twenty hour game. I think. And they should come back and do a like a samurai one, and and prove to Ghost yeah. of Tsushima that it's it's still the better of the exactly the same damn game franchises. Basically, yeah, I agree so with everything you just said. Um, and, and the sad Creed. thing is, that's like Assassin's Creed is usually my Christmas game that I will go like when I have a giant Christmas break and be like, oh, I'll fit like I didn't finish it, but I'll finish it up then. And like that was the mm. same thing with Odyssey. It was way too long, but I started it and then I kind of like finished it later. But you can't do that this year because Christmas is definitely going to be cyberpunk time. Unless like, you're going to wait for the proper next gen version. No one's going to wait. No one's going to have mm. any patience to wait. Who are we kidding? In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, that's true. The third and final Ubisoft open world game is Immortals Phoenix, Phoenix Rising, formerly called Gods and Monsters. Uh, it's by Ubisoft Quebec, who did Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's the same kind of like Grith, Greek, Grith? Greek mythology. Um, so like Zeus and Athena and Heracles and all that, all, all damn peeps. Um, I really like it. It's a, it's a very cartoony kind of looking aesthetic, but it's not meant for children it has like a wicked sense of humor um, i really love greek mythology so i just i'm into that whole thing um from the get-go and it's not like a watchdogs or valhalla style game it's more of like breath of the wild 
with Greek mythology. So you're getting to the highest thing you can find in the world. You're scouting and finding points of interest. And then you're like going to those points of interest to unlock a chest or best a, a puzzle or go into a vault, which is the equivalent of whatever. Shrines. Thank you. Whatever Breath of the Wild things mm -hmm. are. Um, and it's like a map that you will slowly uncover what's going on. And in the center of the map is like the big bad that you can try to take out straight away if you really were so inclined, but you will just like basically get destroyed. Um, it's a nice variation to the Ubisoft world, open world formula um, that works really, really well up until you get to it's not even the center of the map. It's like just before you get to the big, big bad, there's like a new area that kind of gets like tacked on and there the entire pacing of the game just gets utterly destroyed. They introduce this new mechanic that basically just makes you frustrated and hate what's going on. So like- oh, that's good. It's, it's really, 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 really good. And then it's just like, I want to bash my head against a wall and then it gets really, really good again at the end. So like, it's forgivable on the whole. But you you will know when you get to the point that I'm talking about where you just don't want to do it, but you have to if you want to keep going. Um, I feel like I would like it more if it wasn't right now and I hadn't played Watch Dogs and Valhalla and then mm. this. Um, Weird time to release it. That February March seemed like the perfect time just to put it out there and get it out of its own games and also Cyberpunk's window. Yeah. Good time. So like I'm glad I'm done, and I think I would have been more. I would have enjoyed it more in a different time period and i would have liked it more i still like it i want to see an, a sequel and i think if they mm -hmm. do like a break for for ac they could do like an immortals game and then ac and at least like space it out um yeah like just random bad timing you, you should definitely play it give it some time to breathe and then you'll probably enjoy it more so play oh. cyberpunk instead and then play about so i'll be free to play this in about august next year once i finally get through cyberpunk with how long that is apparently yes well yeah uh black ops call of duty black ops cold war the longest yeah. game title oh that's not even true the second longest game title in what we're about to review mm, long game title but pretty good game so uh this game it's a weird development because it's a treyarch game black ops obviously but the single player was made by raven who have previously helped on cods but have never been a lead developer so there was some falling out raven and sledgehammer working on a game Activision and Sledgehammer fell out. Raven took their idea to Treyarch and they've made the single player campaign, which is my favorite part of this game. I think it's really good. It's quite different. It's not the big warfare Call of Duty. It's a, it's very Bondy. It's Cold War. It's you're a spy in this like espionage thriller, basically. Really fun. Uh, there's a lot more. There's actually stealth, which is very uncod. Like you would often get the one token, you're a sniper stealth mission, you know, be quiet guy. Uh, and that didn't last very long. But these ones have some, you know, one of them you're you're infiltrated like a Soviet base and you have to kind of sneak around in uniform and find out who the mole is or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's different. You wouldn't want this from COD every year, but the fact that I said, let's try something quite different is good. I think Raven of Audition to be the, the Sledgehammer replacement as developer number three, and they'll probably get it. We haven't seen what they can do from multiplayer, but certainly from a single player point of view, pretty strong. But Activision also has enough studios that it doesn't matter if they can't do multiplayer because they have yeah, like they Warzone it. is going to become the new multiplayer that basically gets added into Call mm. of Duty. Or is that do you think I'm wrong? I'm not sure. I think 
Warzone's very different. It's the first time we've ever had them say, because Black Ops Cold War has been added to Warzone's stuff. So that's got all the weapons have gone over there. A bunch of them have at least. So it's kind of them saying, it's the first time I can think of ever where they've merged two together to say this mode is cross-game, basically. Uh, because Call of Duty's model has always been buy a new game every year because we'll just keep getting loads of money. And it used to be buy the season pass too. So they've gotten rid of that. Uh, this year, they've said, you know what? You don't need to buy it again if you just want to play the Battle Royale. We're going to keep the old one. That's still free to play. Uh, very different. I think I think they're still going to go the... We absolutely don't need it anymore, but I still they're going to go the new COD every year until people stop buying it because it's just such a moneymaker for them that why would they stop? So, but it is there is some change over there. The negative to multiplayer is, while I do like it, I don't think it's quite as good as Modern Warfare, but if you prefer the Treyarch games, you'll probably prefer it. It's a little bit quicker. Uh, there's, in most maps except Miami, there's less camping probably than, than some of the Modern Warfare maps. Uh, it's it's just a bit more arcadey when Modern Warfare tries to be a little more battlefield at times. Yeah. Um, the negative is Modern Warfare, because it didn't have a season pass, but spent so long to build up all these maps. Like you barely, if you play now, you barely play the launch maps. You play like this massive list of them. And so when you come to this like eight map game, when two of them, are, or at least one of them is poor and you kind of really don't want to play Miami ever again, uh, and that's the one that every single like 12 year old kid that you're playing against yeah. picks though. Some of them are okay. There's no real big standouts that I think are great, but there's, there's no other bad ones besides that one. It just, I like the feels, boat one. It feels lacking in content. Yeah. The boat one's good. The plain warehouse one, I play too much and I feel like that's overused, but it's okay for objective modes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's good. The next gen features are actually pretty good. I think they got overlooked by a lot of people because you can choose ray tracing at 60 or 120. And ray tracing, I think, like when you look at watchdogs, we kept thinking, oh, it's reflective puddles to the point where I was thinking, this is kind of, this is not worth it. Just give me the higher frame rate, especially because those puddles are too reflective. I've never seen a puddle like that in my life. COD uses ray tracing for shadows. There's no reflection ray tracing that I could see. And so when you like watch a side by side video, you see actually it's the shadow that makes it look real. That's what's making this scene looks next gen. Like the, the the characters look very as they have. They look very cross gen. Add in those super real shadows, and it looks amazing. But I would only use that in the campaign because in single in multiplayer, the one twenty mode is like flawless, and that just compares to Assassin's Creed struggling. COD, at, I think it is at ten eighty or twelve hundred p or something, but it runs like a one twenty smooth. So. Yeah, it's just a different level of tweaks. Uh, it's probably one of the more next-gen games. You don't realize it's one of the more next-gen games. And yeah, that's COD this year. I haven't played the campaign yet, but I have been saving it until I can enjoy be. it. Because it's only like five hours. So, so Raven is like an unsung hero of Activision. They did uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, like the really good ones, like way back in the day. But my one of my favorite video games ever is Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, which is like a really good Star Trek game, but it's a really good shooter. And it has like, because it's Voyager and there's like the Borg and stuff. So it has like elements of stealth and shooting and stuff. So like when you were saying that, I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. So it's, that was amazing. And then it, it, they spawned a sequel and then that kind of just fell off the, the face of the earth. But like Raven mm. is really, really good at what they do. And they're just, they've, they've, they're established and really good, but like I said, like one of the kind of like unsung heroes of Activision, kind of like Beanox. Because yeah. if you're not like a Treyarch 
or a sledgehammer or what's the other one infinity ward even though like it got gutted and then became infinity ward again like people don't really pay attention to you vicarious visions are another one of those studios like there are a lot of really good studios at activision you just don't really think about it mm. until it hits you across the face anyway um let's move on twin mirror is a game that i played uh it's by don't nod who did tell me why and like the strange and like the strange 2 uh the best don't nod game though still by far is the adventures of captain spirit and it's free so if you haven't played it start there um definitely the weakest don't nod game of everything i've just mentioned um for a couple reasons i guess the first is that it's not an episodic game so i'm not sure i like the episodic format as much uh, anymore it's weird because tell me why it was released in three episodes but was released to me at least in its entirety so i played through the entire game being like why are these things broken up into thirds uh Twin Mirror is a really, it's its not short, short, but it's shorter than anything else that's come from Don't Nod. And it's short in a way that, like the length isn't that bad, but like, I guess in terms of story and engagement, it kind of seems a little bit thin, if that makes mm. sense. Um, and the character is someone who, like, and I am not v- versed in any of this. I would assume that he is on the spectrum or potentially autistic but i don't know but coming off tell me why where they're like this is a trans character and here's what you need to know about being a trans character and here's you know what they face and like this is this is their life and this is their plight and you should you know like know about this they dance around the potential autism like it's the plague so they never kind of commit to one thing or the other and it's not said like this but like the the big crux of the entire story is that you play as a guy named Sam who's an investigative journalist he goes back to his hometown he's basically been driven out because he's so good at investigating he found this giant scandal at a local uh mine which caused the mine to close so like half the people that live in this town used to work at that mine and now they don't have a job so he's kind of like disrupted the entire ecosystem of this little town um what was I saying? God, <laughs> I, I summarized it. the game really they well. Were, they were dancing around his autism. Oh yeah, they, so they dance around this autism. He had he tries to kind of fit into society by making this second persona that only he can see and speak to, like in his brain. And the second persona is basically like, "This is how a normal person works and operates, and you should do this." And they don't say normal at all, but like it's it's very heavily implied that like you're doing it wrong. Here's what mm. you should do instead to fit in. Um, and it's not, it's uncomfortable and it's like, it's, you know, it's not right. And basically the entire crux of the game is like picking investigative analytical mind or fit in and be one of the cool kids kind of mode. So it's it like, it kind of just falls flat. There's not a, an overarching like morality lesson okay. or anything like that. So it's like, it's not bad. It's still good. If you like don't nod games, you will like it, but it's not, it's, it's the weakest of bunch. Yeah. I will give it a miss then. <laughs> like me and Pikmin Deluxe. Pikmin hmm. 3 Deluxe. Yes. Uh, well, you absolutely could miss this. If you played it seven years ago, same game with some very minor changes. And when I say same, there's no remastering at all. I actually, the depths I go to to review for you, Steve, I unplugged my, not unplugged, I plugged in my Wii U, then I unplugged it to play the Wii U version for five minutes. 
what a disaster that was. You had to actually use the gamepad. Like, it won't let you play with the normal controller. And I didn't plug that in because I thought I could just, you know, anyway. <laughs> so that is why this version's better because you can just play it with a normal controller. You, can just, you don't need any add-ons. Same game, though. Uh, there's a little prologue added to bring Olimar in, who was the main guy in the first Pikmin, just to kind of tie him in. He's also in Smash Bros, which is why I think they've done that, to be like, hey, guys, this guy in Smash Bros was in the game like in 2002. And he, he was in Pikmin 3 already, but he had like a back roll. So they've just kind of given him a bit more. That's it, basically. Uh, it looks exact. I actually thought the Wii U version looked better. Now, I think that is my mind playing tricks on me. I think it's exactly the same. But yeah, they, they could have touched it up. Like it looks like a seven-year-old game. It still plays pretty well. Like it's a great puzzle game, I think. Um, if, if you're into that type of thing, you really like it. The problem is the people who are into Pikmin have already played Pikmin. And the last one before this one came out in 2004 or five uh, on console, at least. I think it was a DS one too. Um, so I'm not sure who is buying this. Like no one is coming into Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Oh, I've never played Pikmin. I think now's the time to start. I think that's just kind of locked. Like, yeah, there's, it was, it's a filler title for Nintendo. Like they had nothing this year. They've COVID's obviously hurt them a lot more than other developers. Uh, you know, when they're releasing a, here's a, a couple of emulated Mario games and a Hyrule game, which we didn't make, we outsource that to someone. And then here's a Wii U game from seven years ago. And that's their, that's their summer lineup. So I don't think that was the plan. I think I believe this was like a July game. You, you've forgotten about uh, Fitness Boxing 2, mm. Rhythm and Blues. That's what Have I? I? <laughs> <laughs> that made it. True. Um, something that is absolutely not that um is spider-man miles morales which is mm. a ps5 game that became a ps4 and 5 game which i reviewed mostly on ps4 and then played on ps5 because i could just for fun um and it doesn't matter if you if you are one of those people that can't get a ps5 right now because they're out of stock and it's really hard to get definitely get miles morales on ps4 because you can obviously move it to ps5 when you have the chance but like it's it's a beautiful, well-crafted, emotionally poignant, amazing game, regardless of where you play, um, mm. which is good. Uh, it obviously looks a little bit better on PS5, but that's one of those, it's it's the game on PS5 where you can pick between the, the ray tracing, uh, 4K, 30 frames, or the slightly less resolution, uh, 60 frames. And it's like, it's Spider-Man. You're swinging through the air. You you should try the the fancy or the fancy graphical amazing uh mode but you definitely should play it in 60 frames because it's just smooth silk it is so so good um the thing that miles morales did for me though is kind of made me feel like i i'm not a crazy fan of the dual sense because i'm not i don't want to like get a workout from using the triggers and stuff and ps4 miles morales was fine and then ps5 miles miles morales is like it just felt weird to web sling after I'd played like 10 hours of PS4, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, but like, if that's the only detractor, eh, whatever. Um, Miles is amazing. Manhattan is the same size as in the original Spider-Man, but like just leaner and it feels more personable. And they've taken like the top chunk of Harlem and, and really they've changed it up for, for the story, obviously, but they've also changed it up to make it feel more like an actual borough. So if, the original Spider-Man on PS4, however many years ago, two, two, three years ago, 
uh, felt like a love letter to like the entire island of Manhattan. This feels like a love letter to Harlem. And it also feels like a really tight look at Miles and the people around him who make him Miles, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it's very, very good. It's, it's short, but it's like short in the, in the way that it still feels complete and whole and like worth every minute of your time. And the ultimate edition comes with Spider-Man remastered. And I started playing that again until I could just move my save file from PS4 and get a platinum again. Um, and just like starting to play Spider-Man remastered again. Congratulations to us both. Um, playing Spider-Man remastered again from scratch was kind of garbage because it has like, oh, go up to this building and synchronize this tower. So then you can see all the crimes around you and then go and do all the crime. Like there's all this busy work basically. And at the mm. time it felt good and it felt, you know, like gamey and, and great. But like this seems to be an evolution of how an open world game can work. It kind of drip feeds you content. So you have enough to do, but you don't feel overwhelmed. And that's something I really, really appreciate. So maybe Ubisoft could play this game and say, eh? You can yeah. you can go shorter and it can be better. Yeah, absolutely. It, you'll you'll probably finish it in about six to eight hours, and if you do the extra stuff to get one hundred percent, it maybe be like ten to twelve. But that's like that's just enough for me at this point. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I do think I've overpaid because I spent one hundred twenty five bucks on this game, and now that I didn't realize, you know, I thought in the back of my mind maybe I play Spider Man Remastered again one day. I never would have. Let's be honest. But you so got a got, platinum. I didn't know when I bought that I was going to be able to move my save over and get the platinum again. So now I definitely won't play it again. There's no reason to. Uh, so I've spent 125 bucks on a seven-hour game. If it's great, I'm still okay with that. But I would be cautious, you know, buying these Sony first-party games with that premium. We'll see what what the value does. If it drops in like a year and it's half that, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, so like I guess the the solution to that first problem is. If you're not so fussed on a platinum or seeing a game you've already played potentially on PS4 with like ray tracing and stuff. And like, let's mm. be honest, most of the city is the same. So it's not like, and you're wearing a different suit, but like once you're swinging through the, the vines, no, swinging between the buildings, like it's the same damn game. So like you don't, don't feel the need to have to buy the full ultimate edition yeah. to get both. Like you can just buy the one. Um, the, the story is... It's it's actually really 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 good. So um, well, I look forward to it. The only reason I haven't played it, two reasons: one, I'm saving this is my quick Christmas game, something to just enjoy over a few days, and two, Assassin's Creed is, is killing me. It's just so long; I don't have time to play another game. So I went to Jotunheim, and I'm just like, I I looked around, and I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not abort. I'm just going back to normal England, and I'm just gonna keep going with what I'm doing. Yep. I feel like I'm not even like I've scratched the surface and I'm level 210 or whatever I said. And I just feel like I have at least the same amount of time I've spent playing that game left in that game, which sucks. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Tetris Effect Connected. I reviewed it, but you've played it too. So please. I played a little bit. So I've, I've just played it as my, I've had enough as Assassin's Creed. I want to do something mindless. And that's where it's great. It's just that. It's just Tetris, basically, with a few little quirks, but the core game is just Tetris. Um, and pretty, it, pretty graphical enhancements, like particle yeah, effects. Yeah, so it's, and- it's, it's like a moody Tetris in that you have like these times where it gets like the game gets vibrant and the music gets real upbeat and it's kind of tense because it gets quick and you're like, oh, like it, it gets you kind of really active for a Tetris game. 
And then two minutes later, it's all slow and it's smooth tones and there's quiet, like, seaside, you know, sound effects. And it's, yeah, it's a great, like, 15-minute burst game. I wouldn't sit there for hours and play it, but it's a nice little, it's a great example of quick resume of, like, here's, you pop, you bring it up, you know, you've you've got 20 minutes to kill, even less. It's yeah, that's what I've been using it for. I you can tell it was made for VR, which is why Xbox didn't get it last year. And this is an old game we should mention. Yeah. Uh it came out on PlayStation and PC and probably everything else last as two years ago. As Tetris Effect uh, and the connected bit is because they've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they called it Tetris Effect Disconnected. <laughs> connected yeah. will come to other platforms, but it's an exclusive well, yeah, like a timed exclusive to series S and X. And the connected comes from multiplayer modes. Yeah. Um, which are largely couch multiplayer modes. For yeah, me. so we play yeah. one of those. Uh, yeah, it was just like Tetris, either co-op or competitive. It was okay. It, the word connect is weird because it sounds like they bring it back connect, but they are not. <laughs> it's it's connect, not connect. And mm. I've played it in short bursts too, except, and I'm shit at Tetris, and my husband is very good at Tetris, so he's playing on, like, expert mode and just smashing it, and I'm playing on beginner and, like, scraping by, um, which isn't the problem until you get to the very last level of the campaign where you have to just get 90 line clears, and I can get to 88, like... I'm not that far. Like mm. clockwork. I get to 88, and then, like, it gets so fast, like, at about 70, but I can, like scrounge maybe like 18 of 20 lines and then i just i can't finish it it's driving me nuts so i used to play it in like 15 minute bursts but now i'm playing it in like an hour and a half bursts so like i have to beat this and i can't that's the only problem is because you play it as that mindless just i'm just doing it game when it gets quick on you suddenly you're not ready to react because it's like oh damn it and then you stuff it up so that's a problem uh we did try to play co-op but then we moved to sidebar the family feud game that just came out Actually, pretty good. So, if you guys want to challenge us in Family Feud, we're on for a Family yes. Feud. <laughs> I I customized uh, two of the characters and renamed them Matt and Steve. You. So, yes. Oh, there you go. I, I also there put that go. weird like cat head from the Cooper family on Matt's head now, just to troll him. So, I'll make sure yep. he keeps it on. We've had enough of playing the AI. I haven't been able to find a multiplayer game. We only tried once actually. So, I think we need to team up with people you know. Yeah, we had two people over for dinner, and we made them play with us. So, we were a family of four playing family ah. feud against the ai which was very good if we're on the topic of games that we didn't review properly but we're talking about them anyway um jeopardy playroom or something like that it's published by sony but it's on everything i'm playing it on xbox um it basically will play it a live it won't live stream it will just stream an episode of jeopardy to your console and you use your phone as a controller and Alex will ask you a question. Oh, RIP Alex direct. Um, he will ask a question and rather than like then watching the contestants buzz in and answer the question, like you get to buzz in and you can use your phone as like a dictation device. So you can just like speak your answer to it. And it's pretty good at getting what you're saying. Uh, it's better for me than Matt probably because it was made in North America and listens to me better. Um, but it's pretty good. Like, so you can both answer questions and you like both like whoever's playing can answer questions and you both get points and it's it's actually pretty good um and it's pretty cheap so if you're into those kind of game showy type games it's actually pretty good as well hmm. do recommend the other game you've been playing is I little forget. hope <laughs> oh this one takes the cake for the longest title of 
any game we've reviewed in this mm. segment. Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope, uh, which is by Supermassive. They are best known for Until Dawn, which is absolutely, without question, their best game to date. Uh, they followed with a crappy VR Until Dawn game on PSVR, which wasn't great. They then had Hidden Agenda and... The Inpatient on PlayStation, which were both okay, but like not as good. And then like the Dark Pictures, uh, an anthology of games. Mm. There's two now. The first was... I can't remember what it's called either, but... Something about a ship. Man of Medan. There we go. Uh, Which had Sean Ashmore Mm -hmm. or the other Ashmore, if it wasn't Sean. Um, Who's the D-grade celebrity in this one? Uh, the dude from We're the Millers, Meet the Millers. God, what's his name? Oh, okay. Um, and he was in School of Comedy, and I really, really like him. Will Poulter. Okay. Something like that. Um, it's pretty good. Like, it's it's that thing of, um, so it's based in uh, a town near Salem, if not Salem. It's been a while. It's been a while then. Um, so there's, like, the whole witch trials element into it. Uh, and there's some time, timey-wimey shenanigans. Uh, it's, I liked Man of Badan, but Man of Badan kind of took like a cop-out-y like way to end it. It's like, oh, it's just like this. That's ex- that explains all the weird stuff that's been happening for hours. It, it was doesn't good ha- at the start and got progressively worse, Man of Badan. Yeah. I wasn't trying to ruin it. I was trying to explain it without like spoiling what happens. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Um, Man of, not Man of Badan, Little Hope doesn't have like that kind of hokey element. And even Until Dawn, like the end of it, Until Dawn was like, oh, that came out of, that came out of left field. Um, but I think that was still the best of all of their games. There's, there's still that same sense that Supermassive doesn't know how to end what they start, I think. Um, like, they have a really kind of good setup that slowly just kind of devolves into, like, eh, okay. Um, it's still good, uh, but I don't know. There's just so many things out right now. Like, if you missed it, you're probably not, like, I don't think, I think you need to, like, crawl back towards it if, if you've missed out at this point. Based on the last one coming to Game Pass pretty quick, like, within the first six or nine months or something good chance that'll happen again so that is what i'm gonna wait out for so you reviewed it i i think i took my xbox with me to vancouver because i went to the coalition to do something for gears but i had a lot of time to kill so i played man of a dan in the hotel room by myself and i'm like eh, this is all right and you reviewed man of a dan and played it in movie night and said oh it's way better in movie night and i'm like i should mm. try that sometime so we played little hope in movie night mode and you're absolutely right you like you take a couple characters with how many ever people are playing and you just kind of like commit to to doing the best by those characters and it's more enjoyable because there's that element of like oh you picked that like why would you why would you pick a you should have picked b like there's no way that that would have ever been a thing and like there's there's fun to be had in those kind of arguments i guess with with your people um so yeah if you can play it in a group you definitely should and almost like to the point of the more people that you have to like take a character each, the better. Um, the downside, I guess, is that it's not really movie night. It takes longer than a movie night would take. So like you need a, you need a like a six seven hour time commitment yeah. to do You're it. You're playing so, like, part of it and then a, another part next week, basically. Yeah, and then like <laughs> getting the guy who owns the game not to finish it because you need to just wait and hold hold. Yeah, your time well, that's where it time. works well on Game Pass because you probably won't. You're not that invested. It's just a game which is there. So, yeah, that is why I think it will be there pretty soon. Yeah, 
that Ben, we did it. We got through the reviews. Mm. Well, we didn't. So on, on the website, there's also reviews for Demon Souls, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Uh, we refreshed Devil May Cry 5. We refreshed There's Tactics. We reviewed Yakuza Like a Dragon and Dirt 5. And I probably missed some. It's been like two months since yep. we've had a podcast. Sorry, everybody. Read it's about those busy. games. Exactly. You should read and the I updated the site. It has a new fancy like look and feel. So go check it out and tell me what you think. Hmm. Um I want to finish on the the news bit because it's more like a preview from you, really. Um we've already talked about Cyberpunk 2077, which is like the only game of note out in December. Is there anything else to say about that game at this point? Not really, except fingers crossed it launches because <laughs> we I think until it gets here, we don't know for sure. No, they're not gonna delay it, but we don't have it. Well, it was it was like two weeks before it was supposed to come out the last time it got delayed. Now we're now we're officially at the time of recording a week out. Um, and like I said, we, we have a copy on PC that we're currently reviewing that we can't talk about, which is easy because version. I'm not playing. It's oh, the yeah. console version I'm interested in because it sounds. I mean, that's the one printed on disc. So it went gold, then it got delayed. Going gold means there's a final version of it it's printed on disc, ready for sale. Very rare for something to be delayed after that which suggests that the version on the disc, if you were to play it without updating it, is going to be bad or even doesn't work. So I'm very interested to see an actual version in the wild on console, especially like a base Xbox One. Is that going to be able to run this game? I don't know. And the, the thing that annoys me the most, probably not is the answer to your question. The thing that annoys me the absolute most is that CD Projekt Red put out the post today, I think, I have no idea what day it is anymore. It's still 2020. Everything's a mess. That like, oh, definitely everybody's going to get this game early. We're aggressively going to like pull Let's Plays. We're going to pull live streams. We're going to try to preserve this game until launch day so no one gets spoiled. Which leads me to believe that if we're talking about like review copies and console copies, like they're going to get to consumers before CD Projekt Red will dare put a console review code in someone's mm. inbox which makes me think that they're not very confident about how the console version is going to work and that's complete speculation but i think it's pretty good I think speculation. You're on the money i think the delay at that point means there's some serious issues with the version on the disc they can probably fix it in the day one patch i think it's going to run pretty rough and i think we've already seen the comparisons of like this is a last gen game they're pretty they're stressing that this is a last-gen game that we know you're going to play on your current-gen console, but the real current-gen game with ray tracing and it's going to run at the proper frame rate, that's not coming for a while, probably at least six months. I'm thinking maybe 12 months. Uh, <laughs> if you if you weren't desperately wanting to play now, there's some merit in waiting, I think, to play, play the proper game when it comes out. I think it will work a lot better. But, of course, like you just said, you're probably going to be spoiled. So... It's, it's do you want the best experience or do you want to go in fresh and be there when it's exciting? Kind of like if, if you waited to watch Mandalorian for two years, it might be better, but you're missing that whole Baby Yoda moment. You'd be like, what are you talking about, Baby Yoda? He's got a name now. Yeah, but he didn't when we watched it, and that's why we don't accept the name. So, like, it's do you want to be part of the moment or do you want to wait for the proper game? Yeah, I don't know. And, like, CD Project Red said they're going to put out a standalone Multiplayer component, which I would imagine would look something akin to like a GTA Online. So, like, yeah, hold that. Get the game done first because it seems unfinished. Not that I've well, that, played it ever. That's a second set of people working on that, apparently. So I don't. Like, I don't know. Okay. It's all. Uh, it. I hope it's not been rushed 
because CD Projekt Red is too scared to delay it a fourth time, I guess, is what I'm thinking at this point. I think they couldn't delay it again, but we'll, yeah. we just have to wait to see now. They, they've tempered expectations in the sense that they've made it pretty clear it's a last-gen game. It does suck that it's a last-gen game, because I remember when uh, Gran Turismo 6, the last real Gran Turismo, ridiculously, launched on PS3 just after the PS4 came out, and that, like, three-week after next gen at the time it launched, it felt very last gen. It was like, this isn't impressive. And I do feel like that's going to happen again. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, the answer to that is play on a powerful PC, but you can't even buy one of these. Uh, so uh, are we allowed to say that we had to be loaned a PC to play it on a fancy new card because you can't even buy them. I think that's the end of probably what you can say, but yeah, mm. like I think we can talk about the specs of the PC next week when I know that we can. Um, but yeah, they they would. I have a. I, I think I can. can you can I say, say what this? you have. You I'll you say have. this. I'm not reviewing the game, and I have a PC with an RTX uh, 2070 Super. So not make of that, which is like <laughs> it's 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 not a 30 something, mm. but it's it's a pretty high end PC. But you can't buy a 30 something. I couldn't anyway because I have all these new consoles, so I have no money. But if I did and I wanted to buy one of those, you can't buy one. Exactly. So um, you basically, you got to play this on your Xbox One or your PS4, unless you were lucky enough to buy new hardware. The specs of uh, Cyberpunk 2077 say you don't need uh, anything, at least in my case, beyond a Super 2070. So I don't know either. Like This could just be making sure people have the like entirely best experience or it could be symptomatic of something else. And since I haven't played this game, I don't know, I don't have an answer. So I'm not like trying to allude to something. I just, it's stuff that I'm thinking because of the situation. Uh, and I definitely know that that's not embargoed because I have no idea what I'm talking about, nor do mm. I most of the time. Um, something that I haven't got to try out, but I've been approved for because I just decided to see if I could uh, is the Australian xCloud preview program program nope that's program mm. twice uh which is what uh countries like canada and the us and the uk had before xCloud rolled in proper those countries have now shifted into uh x god the naming convention these are so stupid the already through the preview program ones are called x no they're not they're called xbox game pass cloud streaming because that's not a great title. Um, mm. We're not in that. We're in xCloud preview program, which means we have a different set of games to try. It's not on OS at all this time. It's only on Android. You have an Android phone. I haven't this used it. This is why you can't play it. I can. Uh, it works great. So for all those people complaining about our internet's going to be too shitty, I think a lot of the work is on Microsoft's side. It streams flawlessly. So this whole time, I should note, we've had the feature to stream from your own console to your phone or whatever. Uh, this works better than that. It's a more stable really? connection. Damn. Because like, I, so, I use that and I love that. So. so, well, my test is on 5G. So like away from your house. So like that's, if I'm in my house, I'm probably going to play on my console I, a little bit, maybe on the couch on this, but not a lot. So that's my, that's my comparison because I think having to upload your own console and then get it uh, to your phone, like remotely is much harder than just streaming straight from Microsoft's amazing servers. So that actually, that works better. If you're on your home Wi-Fi network, pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't really, I think my phone was bouncing 4G to 5G, but either way, it was fine. There was never any disruption. It works pretty well. Um, it's not full frame rate. So like for the Horizon 4, 
I've just gotten used to like a perfect 60 frames 4K on Xbox Series X. And it's probably like a 25, maybe 20, maybe 15 frames. I don't know. It's hard to judge. Uh, <laughs> if I was coming from that last gen mode, which was 30 frames 4K, I may not have noticed as much, but it's it's certainly a big drop. It's, it's sub 30. I don't know. Maybe it's like, Future Foundry would tell us, but it's probably like 20 or something. Yeah. Uh, not terrible. Fine for a mobile screen, but you certainly, I wouldn't pick it over my console, but remotely away from home, it's it's amazing. Uh, it looks great. It plays really well. Like it looks way better than any Switch game. and Runs just as good, if not better than any Switch game. Uh, the controller clip, I do find a bit, uncomfortable and side note the controller clip i had is for an xbox one controller doesn't fit on an xbox series controller really uh, the moga one i don't know but they're, they're different size of controllers so oh, they wow. don't fit uh jb hi-fi i've looked up the retailers they're coming soon the clips that do work so i actually didn't have a controller that worked because i traded them all in um well i've got one so i had to just do the awkward non-clipped like <laughs> playing in it uh up the phone and <laughs> yeah because the one that does work that i was using was my elite series 2 so that still fits but that's my main controller so i don't want to be taking that have to tear time. it yeah um and then the elite series one doesn't have bluetooth so it's uh, anyway uh so what i've done is tano's not on this show but i've ordered a razor kishi because he said it's amazing uh it's coming <laughs> from amazon us so i think i'm going to get it in about six months and hopefully that'll give me that switch style play the control on the side and i can enjoy you know a little bit of lunch break xbox because it, it loads up quick uh it syncs your save super quick it's yeah it's pretty good so i'm excited for this for a million reasons that everything you've just said is one of them i'm excited for an xbox app on your tv like phil's kind of alluded might be happening my mate phil spencer you know head of xbox um and, he told you at dinner like, right exactly yeah, um i had him over the other day because we're out of lockdown um or like the, if they have an xbox dongle that you like plug in like a chromecast like i i think you're right like i don't really have a giant need to play a video game on a phone like out somewhere i i will play on my couch like if i want to hang out with matt and he's watching like real housewives and i have no interest in real housewives i will like use the console streaming on my home network to my phone on the couch just fine like i don't need xcloud for that really because i can just use my console and my no. network but like yeah so like de but depending on your situation it might be better for you to use 5g to download the game and use like microsoft's azure cloud to do the upload of of that transfer rather than you doing both your yeah, network yeah um but like if if i if if i went to vancouver to talk to the coalition, which isn't going to happen for years now with COVID. But like, if I go to a hotel and I don't have to bring an entire Xbox with me, I can just plug in something or just like turn on an Xbox app and have like a, a slightly lesser experience because it's not a, a box driving the TV experience, but it's still like close. Like that's a game changer. Like having to not bring an Xbox with you and have like maybe a dongle or maybe just even just like a controller with you to use on the TV that supports it. Like that kind of thing is cool. And I think Microsoft's been really good about saying it's not meant to replace the console. It's meant to like accompany the console. It's meant to be like a an, another experience that you can have. Um, yeah. And depending on how, how you want to do it, like that might be your primary experience. But like if you have a console at home or two consoles at home, like we both do, like it's it's just in case kind of thing. So yeah, it has a place. It works well. I think I think that's where it's coming in. 
I think they probably need the the dedicated app to be successful, but the dongle should be there too because you can take it to your friend's house or whatever who haven't bothered with the app because they don't care. But like, oh, here we go. We're going to play this game quick. So yeah. there's certainly a market there. Uh, but if you're a commuter who wants to play it, I don't know how well it would work on like a moving train, but if video, like it seems fine. So there's, there's certainly, I think there is that post-COVID world, even just quickly on a lunch break, like playing it remotely is is valid and is that's what the here and the now is about and that's what it works for and that's one of the cool things i'm just like microsoft fanboy so that's one of the really cool things about the entire xbox ecosystem right now it's like you take a game and you're either playing it on your console or your pc or now on your android on a train and it's not like you need to import your save or do anything special because it just it follows you everywhere like you don't have to do anything that whole ecosystem is now set up to support any of those combinations of things. Whereas like even Spider-Man on PS4 to PS5, you have to like go through steps to get from A to B or else it won't work. So like, I, I like that it's customer, not cons- it's consumer friendly, it's player friendly rather than- It's different ways of thinking about it. We've talked about it before. Xbox yeah. want you to play their games wherever you want. And then when you subscribe, PlayStation want you to buy a PS5. So they make it a <laughs> bit hard to get on there, but they, once you're there, you're stuck there. So that's it's clear business models. And it's it's however you want to play. It's like this. Yeah, it's however you want to play. Like it's there's not a right or wrong. Yeah. It's just like how 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 will you benefit the most? Like pick pick the thing that you think is best, which is cool. Yep. I don't have anything else I think to that's say. It for this episode. We that's smashed it. this. I'm so proud of us. We went through so many things. We're like we're gonna be back. We're gonna have at some point Tano and Shane, former hosts, occasional special guests. They're going to be back. We're going to do two episodes relatively soon. We're going to do a retrospective of last gen and we're going to do a next gen launch. No, sorry. Now current gen uh, launch console chat because we both have both consoles, but Shane has gone PlayStation, Tano has gone Xbox. So we can get a bit of the one camp only and we can be the, we're down the middle. We've gone both. Uh, and I've taught the, you how to record the Zoom session two so Look, if i accidentally forget to record two hours worth of stuff maybe we'll was, have a backup this time it was a live show with no audience uh it's become it's it's the lost episode the lost episode is what it is it was what honestly the best time i had had in weeks at that point especially it in was. like especially in lockdown it was so good i feel so bad that i completely stuffed it up but like i'm i'm happy that i had that experience and i'm happy that the four of us did i'm sorry that everybody else didn't get to take they were the best episodes in probably the whole time we've done this show that's i'm going to talk them up they were so good there was no false comments it was all correct it was the first time we had a factual show and we yeah and you cannot fact check that put that on the box Mm, that's it well you can look forward to more throwbacks like that when we see you next time for hopefully the what are we doing first the retrospective episode Probably. I, I thought we were going to, we'll either do it retrospective across both consoles or we might divvy it up between Xbox and PlayStation. We're still arguing. Okay, so on, we don't even de- know. Depending on availability, but our, our goal is to get our listeners or viewers, mm. if you're watching on YouTube now, um, some episodes before Christmas as a Christmas gift, maybe. That's true. So, okay. but, don't hold, but don't hold us to that. Now we'll do it. We'll lock it in. Lock it in. <laughs> Guaranteed. Put that on the box. That's um, it. You can find us at Stavivor.com. I think if I've done this right, uh, you can see where to talk to us. Ben is Ben. 
that's me. Underscore yeah. Salter on Twitter, and I'm SRIDAU yep. on Twitter. And then you can just go to Survivor and find us otherwise, if not. Fantastic. Anything else, Ben? No, that's it. Bye. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Oh, I didn't record it. Oh, I'm kidding. I did. I'm not that stupid. Well, good that I did. Stop recording. I'm so sorry.